The following is a paid podcast from Prudential. Welcome to Wealth Wits, a podcast about money made exactly for you. I'm Faith Saley. So you're an avid consumer, and you're in your 40s. You might be thinking, that sounds bad. But don't worry, I've learned a lot lately about what it's like to be an avid consumer in your 40s. And I'm here to share that information with you. Let's start with the consumer part. I went out and asked some avid consumers about their finances. Here's what they had to say about money. It's every day seems like one of those things where like, I have to talk myself out of like spe- buying something. Um, but then somehow I always manage to. <laughs> I know it is very tempting to spend Basically, what I know for sure is it's not what you have in the moment. It's what you're willing to give up. And I have given up every dollar I own. A lot of the emotions I have surrounding money are a lot of guilt lately. Here's what I found out from these conversations. It's not necessarily a bad thing to be an avid consumer. It just means you like to see your money in action. You might be more likely to make an impulse purchase here and there, but you're also more likely to make a risky investment, which has the potential to pay off big. I met one avid consumer named Monique. She's just now thinking about making the switch from big spender to big investor. Here's what she had to say about her finances. I could definitely save more. That is definitely something I want to do is save more. I see a macaroon shop that's open and I'm walking in buying $36 of macaroons that could have been in my savings account. I'll buy a coffee because I'm feeling coffee-ish. I can't account for what I'm buying. It doesn't have any value where I can say, oh, I bought a Bugatti and now I can resell it and get my money back. No, it's not happening that way. So I feel like if I incorporate in my everyday life spending habits that are going to carry on, retirement is not going to be an issue if I just focus on not spending. Okay, so what would financial experts have to say about avid consumers like you? And what advice would they have for people like Monique? I started with Jeff Rose, a certified financial planner and the author of the site goodfinancialsense.com. Yes, that is sense as in money. Jeff is an avid consumer himself, and he's figured out how to make his financial behavior type work in his favor. I gave him a call. Let's start with avid consumers, okay? You were you were one. Yes. Talking about Monique, if you listen to her, she talks a lot about her feelings. You know, she's <laughs> feeling coffee as she, she says she gets angry with herself. What would you name the emotions and anxieties that are tied up with, with avid consumers? Wow. What she was saying, like you mentioned, she's feeling coffee. She's feeling this. So she's purely acting on just what she's in the moment for. I want it. I want it right now. And getting that immediate gratification from whatever that is. And if you recognize that about yourself and your personality, you have to put in some sort of safety measure, some sort of protection on yourself to prevent you from going down that path of buying stuff. Ah, so what would that be? One way is carrying cash and only using cash and only and having a determined a predetermined amount 
of how much you're allowed to spend on yourself for those types of things. Treat yourself like your own kid, right? Give yourself an allowance. You have to. You have to. If, if you know that about yourself, you got to have some sort of safety mechanism. You know, for those that are buying things online, I always, I always try to instill some sort of 72-hour window. Dude, 72 hours? Most 72 hours. You're, I know. you're tough, man. I was in the military, so that's part of, uh, <laughs> part of the, you know, the regiment here. That's what I try to do with chocolate. <laughs> I can never make the 72 hours. Um, but then again, I was not in the military. But let's talk about the other side of this, though. What are the benefits and opportunities of falling into this behavior type? So the avid consumer that can, you know, say live in the moment and enjoy you know, some of those times where people maybe that are, quote unquote, a tightwad that, you know, they're not going to splurge a little bit and enjoy themselves. So I think, you know, there has to be some balance of enjoying that coffee, enjoying that macaroon or, or whatever that is for yourself and enjoying your life because accumulating wealth and a, a, a nest egg that you have millions of dollars that you don't spend any of it and then, you know, you pass away, then what did you save it for? What was the point? So you have to enjoy your life to some extent. What are the disadvantages? Or risks of being an avid consumer? The risks are waking up one day over the course of a very short amount of time and realizing, wow, you have over $20,000 of debt because of acting on the moment and splurging. You know, splurging once in a while is okay. Splurging once a day, two or three times a day, every single day, that's where you get into trouble. Jeff Rose says knowledge is power. Emma Johnson, another financial expert, says that financial wellness means all-around wellness. Emma is the author of the blog WealthySingleMommy.com. This is what she had to say about avid consumers. Being conscious of your money is just being conscious in your life. It's just like any bad habit you're trying to correct. It's just going to take some tough love on yourself and get real with the facts. So, I mean, open all of those credit card bills and you open all those medical bills and your student debt and you really look at your paycheck and you just get really freaking real with those numbers and look at them and prepare yourself for the fact it's going to hurt. It's going to be ugly and you're going to have to look at some mistakes that you may have been making for a really long time. And that's okay. So then it's about looking at your goals and actually take action steps every single day to make it happen because now you're living in like reality and that feels so good. So where do avid consumers run the risk of making mistakes? Whatever your weakness is, it's like if you're into video games, whatever it is, it's that piddly spending that you feel guilty about it. But here's the thing. Ask yourself how good it makes you feel. You might get a little dopamine kick by having that purchase, but it's not making you happier. There is no connection between shopping and happiness. But security definitely contributes to your well-being and meaningful experiences, you know, whether that is something free like spending time with people you care about or being very conscious and saving up for a, a vacation. Okay, Emma, you have one message to give to avid consumers. What do you want to tell them? It's a choice. You're an adult. You have willpower and free will. And this is, again, back to living a really optimal life. And you, and you have a choice. Thank you so much, Emma. Okay, so what are the takeaways for you as an avid consumer? 
First, give yourself an allowance so that you can't spend more than what your budget affords. Carry cash. Spend that cash and only that cash. Don't allow yourself to pull out that credit card. Second, force yourself to pause before making an impulse purchase. When you feel inclined to buy something new, follow Staff Sergeant Jeff Rose's rule. Wait a full 72 hours before you reach for your wallet. And third, take a close look at your account statements and bills. Think about your goals and priorities. Ask yourself, is your spending aligned with those priorities? If not, follow Emma Johnson's advice and think about what changes you can make. Okay, so we've heard what it's like to manage money as an avid consumer. But to get the full picture of your financial situation, we also have to think about your current stage of life. What's unique about being in your 40s? And what might be some of the challenges in front of you and some of the opportunities? Out in the world, I also ask people what it's like to manage money as a 40-something. Here's what I heard. It creeps up on you and the older you get, the faster life goes. At 42, when you look around and you see everybody else that you grew up with and went to school with, and they're married with kids and they're going on vacations. Being in my 40s, I feel like I have a bit more um, wisdom and background, and I, I know how to build a support system when necessary. Okay, so as a 40-something, you're in a phase of preparation. You might be reaching the height of your career, and all of a sudden, retirement doesn't feel so far away. How do you decide where your money should go? Retirement? Caring for an aging parent? If you have kids, saving for their college fund? Experts call the 40s the sandwich years, where you're pressed between lots of different priorities. I spoke with one couple in their 40s who is in exactly this situation. They know that they need to save for retirement, but they're also thinking about paying for their aging parents' medical bills. My name is Shannon, 40 years old. My name is Jeff. I'm 45. Unfortunately, my parents didn't really plan ahead. That is definitely a concern. We both have moms that could be in much better health. And it, it is. It's something I try not to think about on a daily basis, but it's always in the peripheral, knowing that something could happen. And what would that mean if we had to step up to the plate? Could we do that without putting ourselves at great financial risk? Again, I wanted to talk to a financial expert to hear what advice they would give to Shannon and Jeff or someone similarly sandwiched between financial priorities. I reached out to Kimberly Palmer, a financial journalist. Kimberly writes a lot about money management for parents. But whether you have kids or not, whether you have aging parents or not, she's got tons of good advice for 40-somethings. Here's Kimberly. I want to ask you about Shannon and Jeff. They both have parents that they're having to care for. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, it's so hard. I think they really represent kind of the classic squeeze that we so often see happen in, in our 40s. And I think the most important thing for them to think about is to not forget about supporting themselves first. They have to prioritize saving for their own retirements, their own even just simple short-term savings for things they might need. And then after you've taken care of yourself in that way, you can see what you can do to help your parents. 
What are the opportunities for 40-somethings? I'll, I'll use the word you like to use. What's fun What's about fun? being in your 40s when it comes to money? Hopefully, you know, if things have gone well, you are still working and feel like you could continue working for another 20 years or maybe increasingly, even indefinitely. What are the big decisions that a lot of 40-somethings have to make when it comes to money? A lot of times we... 40-somethings are still choosing between these big priorities. So how much money are you going to be putting into retirement? Are you maxing out those savings already? If so, maybe then you can start putting more money into the college savings account. What are crises that 40-somethings might have to deal with in this decade? The biggest one that I heard about from my interviews with with moms um, is that they are often thrust into a caregiving role that they didn't expect or plan for. And that suddenly puts so much pressure on their work lives. That is the biggest crisis that often comes up. At what point should people be doing estate planning? Should that be coming up for people in their 40s? Yeah. I mean, estate planning includes things like writing a will, appointing guardians for your kids. I mean, that should be done at least when you have children that you are responsible for. Kimberly, I have a confession. I may or may not have a will. You need to write one tonight. (laughs) Okay, all I really care about is that my friend April gets all my diaries. (laughs) Kimberly, thank you so much. I I really love talking to you, and I I learned a lot. Thank you so much, Faith. It was great talking with you. Okay, so what did we learn from Kimberly? First, as a 40-something, even if you're tempted to prioritize other people's needs, you have to think about taking care of yourself first. This means saving for retirement. Take a look at your family members and think about whether you might be put in a caregiving role in the future if you aren't already. If that's a possibility, can you start having those conversations now? Think about whether there are steps you can take so that you're prepared to be in that position. And of course, do your estate planning. Write your will. Last of all, we want everyone to know that if you've made mistakes or been out of balance with your financial choices, there's no shame in it. Every financial expert stresses that it's never too late. (sighs) You can make meaningful changes starting today. So whatever you do or however you feel about money, no matter what age you are or behavior type you fall into, it's okay. You just need to be aware of the kind of person you are when it comes to your finances so you can grow. And more importantly, be happy. That's all for this episode of Wealth Wits. Special thanks to our expert guests, Jeff Rose, Emma Johnson, and Kimberly Palmer. And special thanks to Monique, Shannon, and Jeff for sharing their stories. If you want to learn about money matters at other stages of life, or if you're curious about other financial behavior types, check out slate.com slash explorewealthwits. You can also subscribe to the entire series wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, why not let people know by leaving us a good review? I'm Faith Saley. Thanks so much for joining us.